8605. Hey, Madison. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. How good does evening. it? Pretty good. Pretty good. Can't believe it's already Wednesday. Week's I fine. know. I can't believe it's February. Felt like it today. Man, it was gorgeous outside. Oh, a little windy. Was it? 50s in Sufu. I uh, did not go outside today. Which is pretty bad. Wednesdays are my like work from home day, um, so I did not actually leave my apartment today. It was nice. March is coming though, so we're uh, we're not getting too antsy about the nice weather because we know Mother Nature's in control and will remind us harshly right around Summit League tournament time. I was going to say I we need to pray for um, not a snowstorm during tournament week. Yep. Before, great. After, great. During, eh. I know there's, we have some family friends, some friends of my dad's who um, they didn't end up going to Frisco because they had some other stuff going on. But um, she only has like three days I think she can take off of work. She works in higher ed. Um, and she typically uses those for Summit, especially because like she'll only take two. But more often than not, she's had to use the third day um, to get back home. They live in Pipestone now, which um, should be okay. But she still teaches up in um, the Fargo-Moorhead area. So it's like they always okay. have to end up using an extra day. Even if they can get home, she can't get to campus or whatnot. So, yeah, it always seems like um, if you want a snowstorm, have a basketball tournament. And if you want a tornado, hold a street dance. Seems like that. <laughs> in South Dakota. <laughs> oh, my God. Everyone that I always went to, you're right. I don't think I've ever had a tornado, but like definitely lightning, hail or so rain. morning. Yep. Yeah, for sure. It seems like three years in a row um, on like Artesian street dance, there was a severe storm. The only I grew one up in Letcher. I never went to was Artesian. And that was you never went to Artesian? Oh my gosh. That was like the only like that and maybe Chester were like the only two that I ever um heard about. But I grew up in Letcher, yep. so like Artesian makes sense. Um one time I came home, I was coming home from Madison, and when I got home, I told my parents, I was like, there were so many hypos on the road, like I don't understand. And my mom said, where? And I said, going through Artesian. And she said, it's Saturday. And I realized it was like, you know, June, whatever. And I was like, oh, duh. That makes so much sense. Yep. Yep. I didn't get picked up for speeding. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So we are, what, five weeks away um, from the conference tournament? Yeah, about a month. Halfway through. Over halfway through the season. Um, we're not going to do halfway point awards uh because we're not prepared but we will have those for you next week also i was disappointed that like nobody sent in their like favorite summit league player video until i realized i forgot so like when we record our live we stream it oh, through yeah. youtube and twitter and it goes up right it's on the youtube you can watch it immediately you can watch it on twitter but for me to put it on apple spotify you know google pods all the places I have to produce it quick and upload it, upload the RSS, like this episode to the RSS feed. And I literally forgot to do that until today. 
That's all right. I was like, why has no? I was checking the analytics. It's like, why has no one streamed my podcast and no one sent me videos because I didn't produce it and put it out. Um, so I did tweet earlier today a little. I see why am I in case you missed it. Um, catch up on last week's episode. <laughs> so please do that. <laughs> that We're gonna get so your great. media credential revoked with all with that hiccup, dude. Facts. Um, <laughs> that would be sad. I, I need this media credential so that I can get an NCAA credential. <laughs> um, depending on it's worked, it's worked out for me last year when SDSU got sent to Virginia Tech. That was like a five-hour drive. So I'm crossing my fingers. Um, go ahead. I got some breaking news too. So breaking news. Um, St. Thomas will have a local high school's pep band be their pep band this year. Really? Yeah. And they call Roosevelt. Is it a local high school that your wife might work at? <laughs> yep. Awesome. So, if there's any that listen, your band will be well represented and they will sound amazing at the Summer League tournament. Go Riders. I, um, coming from Mitchell, I rivaled Roosevelt for a hot minute because when we were like trying to get after I graduated, we were trying to get like state show choir going again and everything. Roosevelt was like good. Um, mm -hmm. And I also had some friends that went there. They were really Mitchell's like biggest challengers in a while, at least within the state. Um, but yeah, Roosevelt's music department, Robin Holcomb is an amazing human being. I'm a huge fan of their music department. So yay writers. I love that. That's phenomenal. <laughs> um, I was thinking about that the other day, how they, they don't send a band. UND doesn't bring their band. They don't. And no. I, think, I don't think so. My husband had said they didn't. I'll have to ask him. Um, but that's wild to me because their band is good, first of all. Yeah. Or like, you use professionals. Fun. They'll they'll call professional musicians. Or use band always just rocks. Like Okay, legit. they do rock. Rocks. But like I have one qualm with their band. Why is the bass so loud? Like even That's when I'm true. watching their, so their guitar, like why is their guitar so loud? Even when I'm watching um them on like Summit League Network, like last week when they played them out at halftime or whatever, my husband and I are making fun of that a little bit. I was like, that is all I can hear. Like I can hear their song in my head, but the only thing I can hear out of the TV is the guitar. I don't know. As a music man myself, I can't answer that. I don't know. Besides bass is going to bass. Bass is going to bass. Um, wait, what did you play? Me? I was a trumpeter. You were a cocky trumpet player? I knew you were going to say that. Yep. That's so annoying. Big ego in the marching band. Ensign what? Do you know what I played? Woodwind or brass? Woodwind. Which one? Woodwind, I'm going to say saxophone. Correct, Amundo. Because it's the only woodwind that matters. I better be careful saying that. <laughs> Nicole's going to come marching down the stairs. <laughs> She's okay. a damn good flautist. So she knows I my feelings on woodwinds. I love that. Uh, <laughs> let's talk basketball. Basketball. We will start with... <laughs> USD UND on Thursday because that uh, is All the right. first game that I'm looking at. I'll let you uh, take that one since USD is your team. 
Um, that was last Thursday. So we had um, on this one. I did not get to see. We just we had some stuff going on that night. I actually missed all of the games on Thursday. Um, so I'm going to be like you and just take a look at the uh, notes here. I, yeah, I was a bad fan. Thursday, we just had stuff come up, and I did not get to watching any games. So it looks like um, – so USD won 69-53. I guess I could have started just leading with that. Uh, it looks like they had UND um, – pretty much locked down minus the second quarter. So USD allowed 21 points in the second half um, after giving up 25 in the second quarter alone. So let's say a decent crowd up at the Betty um, over 1300, but here's some stats. We had, uh, gosh, these alternating leading scores for USD. So we had Kendall Holmes for 15 and six. Uh, she shot six of 16 from the field. Um, and played a, a solid 32 minutes. Larkins had 13, 6, 6, uh, 13, 6, and 6. And let's see, Natalie, we'll get into her role in the SDSU game, but Natalie came off the bench again with 11, 6, and an assist and steal. Otherwise, that was it for double figures. UND was led by Miss Casey Barovich with 19 and 10. Another another double double there. Four assists on seven and 19 shooting. And then Michaela Almer, 15 points off the bench on five of 10 shooting. So USD held UND um, to 30% shooting, including 16% from behind the arc. Honestly, the, the this is. They, they've been struggling from three, or it appears that they did, even when we were at the SDSU game. But they shot nine of 29 from three on that Thursday game against the, the effing Hawks. So um, other stats, they were pretty even. USD outscored UND 30 to 22 in the paint, 28 to 19 on the bench. So it's kind of, I, again, I didn't, get to watch it. So I don't really know the trends in it, but it looks like USD just locked down defensively in that second half um, and got away with a, again, like we've always say a, a road win. Good. Any road win is good in the summit league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, South Dakota state, North Dakota state definitely served everything that it was supposed to serve. I will admit it was a tad bit closer than I anticipated it to be. SDSU, recently has shown a habit of running away in the second half. Um, so I figured that we'd get three really close quarters, um, but we got four really close quarters. Brooklyn Meyer had 17 points, five rebounds, and Paige Meyer had it 12 points. After that, nobody in double digits. Uh, Maddie Blashman had nine. She also got hurt, um, I believe, near the end of that game. I think it was pretty close to the end. Um, and... I, I don't have an official word on that. I don't know if we do. I do know she was in a knee brace and it sounds like she's done for the year, but that's not like an official. I know this as fact. Um, so that's really unfortunate. And we wish her um, a speedy recovery. Mesa Byam also had nine points for the Jacks. Um, 12 turnovers for SDSU. So I don't want to say like that's not a lot because 12 is still double digits, but also compared to what we've seen, I don't think that's a terrible turnover stat. 
sometimes the ball just gets stolen. I'm okay with that. Um, mm -hmm. Would love for it to be single digits, but I think we don't often see that. I think 10 to 12 is okay. Um, North Dakota State had how many? 18 turnovers, so a few more. It really was just kind of a, you know, one less turnover or one more basket made. Um, would have won the game. Obviously, I'm happy that SDSU escaped, and I do mean escaped in that game. Um, for the Bison, Heaven Hamling, 18.6 rebounds. L Evans, 17.6 rebounds. And that was about it. Everyone else was 6, 5, 4, 2. Um, so, yeah, the score was tied seven times. Lead changed eight times. Good chunk of points in the paint and good chunk of points off turnovers. I think what really killed um, NDSU is they allowed 12 second chance, chance points for SDSU and they only earned two themselves. Um, so getting those offensive rebounds or uh, defensive rebounds, excuse me, I think is um, important. Snap NDSU's gonna... winning streak too. Yes, they did. Um, I'm going to let you take the Kansas City Denver stats while I pull up that video file that I told you I was going to show. I just oh. forgot to like reload it. Yeah. So I'm going to find that <laughs> while you do this. <laughs> so yeah, big win for Denver. I think we talked about last week. Um, this was a game that they needed to have, especially at home, um, against a feisty Kansas City team. So Denver won 65 to 50, 15 point win, uh, the fourth quarter. Looks like the second half is what uh, propelled them. They they held Kansas City to 20 points in the second half, including a 29 or excuse me 21 to nine scoring margin in the fourth quarter. Kansas City was led by Elena Contreras once again with 13 points, two point uh, two rebounds, two assists, um, in 38 minutes of action. I don't have the stat pulled up. She's got to be close to the top and leading the league in minutes uh, per game. Um, Naraya Simmons 11 points, three rebounds. Uh, but she did have four turnovers uh, in the game. Otherwise, it looks like Kansas City had 13 players with minutes in the game, so that's pretty good. Um, they shot 44% from the field, 22 of 50, but only one of seven from three, only taking seven three-point shots in the game. They shot five of nine from the free, free throw line. Denver was led by Miss Jordan Jones with 20 points, six rebounds, two assists. On 7 to 14 shooting, good night. 39 minutes, played most of the game. Um, probably got subbed out that last minute. Why it wasn't 40. Uh, Michaela Minette, another double double, 18 points, 12 rebounds on 6 of 13 shooting. Which is wild. Yeah, which, and 6 of 10 from the line. So she got to the line quite a bit. Um, almost half the free throws she, of Denver was attempted by Michaela. And then the last. Player to get double digits, Angelina. Is it Robles? Robles? Robles, probably. Robles. Robles. Oh, I was okay. My bad. Sorry. <laughs> 12 points, three rebounds, four assists on uh, four or six shooting. So Denver shot the ball pretty well 22 of 48, seven of 20 on three, and 14 to 21 from the uh, free throw line. They uh, points off turnovers look to be a, a big difference here. 19 points off turnovers for Denver compared to six for Kansas city and then um, pretty even points in the paint. So that's your stats from that game. Uh, um, again, solid win for Denver that they needed. Two, 
two things. First, I just got a text from my husband who's in the other room that said that uh, during the coach's show, AJ did confirm that Maddie V is done uh, for the season. Um, the Didn't other thing- or a medical that? Um, no, because she's already played. I think it's 33%. Um, okay, or 30, 30%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the other thing you had asked for the stats on minutes, uh, Casey is leading minutes. No surprise there. Emma Smith from yep. Denver second and Elena Contreras is third. Okay. Yeah. Those three, that makes sense. Yep. Well, and then, I mean, Hannah Cooper, Jade Hill, Talia Jones, Grace Cave. It All the, uh, jo yep. Jojo is 12th. Jordan Jones is 12th. Okay um all right one more game from thursday to get through before we take a fun little break um omaha or excuse me saint thomas 88 omaha 83 i feel like a damn fool <laughs> because i did not <laughs> think this was gonna be close i know that omaha has the fight in them and i i witnessed when carrie Banks sat here and said i'm excited for the turnaround because it's coming um it has come. Maybe not in the form of wins, but it has come. Um, for Omaha, Grace Cave had 17 points. Morgan Gardner with uh, 13. Aaliyah Stanley with 15. I wish they'd put these in order. I know it's not like that. I know. They'd be in order. Um, Aaliyah Stanley. Oh, I can put them in order. Wow, I'm stupid. All you Did you know that? Where it says, I like, did, but I, I wanted to watch you figure out. I have a gesture for you that I refuse to make on camera. It's X. Who cares? I mean, YouTube might get taken down. That's fair. Yeah. I also just want the media credential. So I'm not willing to do anything to piss off right now. <laughs> um, okay. Grace gave 17 points. Elena, Elena, Elias Stanley, 15. Morgan Gardner, 13. Anna Nikolichkina, 11. Um, and Danae Watson, 10 and six rebounds. So five and double digits for Omaha. They're sharing the ball. They're really starting to figure it out. Not quite enough uh, for St. Thomas, though they did push St. Thomas a lot. So after the first quarter, um, Omaha had a one-point lead. After the second quarter, God, I have to do math. What is that? 47-42, a five-point lead at halftime. Um where Omaha got in trouble is allowing 34 points in the third quarter for St. Thomas. They went absolutely off. Amber Scalia had another 30-point game. I believe that was her second consecutive 30-point game, uh, if not second in two weeks, but definitely, yeah. Second consecutive, um, yep. What, okay. Um, Samuel Pichka came up big, 15 points, nine boards. Angie Hammond, she's the transfer, the two-time transfer, um, 12 points, five boards, and then Jade Hill, 11 points, and Joe Langbin, 10 points and five boards. Jordan Glenn had eight points and three um, rebounds, also four assists before she fouled out. Not like, I don't, you know, that's not the same as having 30 points, but I think that the way she contributes is they certainly wouldn't have been able to win that game without her, even though she had a bit of a quieter night and typically does have um quieter nights. So good on St. Thomas for getting that win. Score was tied three times. The lead changed seven times. St. Thomas had 40 points in the paint. They absolutely hammered the Mavs down low. 
Um, it looks like Omaha had 26 points in the paint um, and 36 points off their bench. So definitely a good night for Omaha. Just couldn't quite put it all together, but we're starting to see um, that turnaround that Carrie talked about. I mean, you and you talk about Madison. I, I mean, they shot St. Thomas shot the lights out. I mean, Absolutely. Third quarter, 12 of 18. Second quarter, 9 of 14. That's both above right around or right around 65% in each quarter. That that's the difference right there. Omaha had a great second quarter as well, but that third that momentum carrying into the third quarter, St. Thomas, that was just almost unstoppable, it seemed. I don't think they won't do that in Sioux Falls. Right. You know, oh, for sure. Even though they're not um NCAA tournament eligible. They're still gonna get their due. They're gonna um, be party keepers. Oh, absolutely. To shift gears for a hot minute. Um, this is very crappy video quality, so please don't yell at me. I didn't have time to re-record it. But last week, um our good friend and former celebrity death pool champion, JD Gravina, who's a head coach at former Summit League member Western Illinois, posted to Twitter. He had got um his Oh my gosh. Am I going to get the number wrong? Was it a hundredth career victory? Yep. He hit a milestone. I'm so sorry, JD. It was a hundred. Okay, great. Hundredth mm-hmm. career victory. Um, and he, that was on Saturday, I believe of last week. Um, and he quote tweeted it and said, um, you know what, like, this is the way coaching goes on Thursday. We had a bad loss and um, I got a technical foul and I fell out of my chair and like, or he got a technical foul for falling out of his chair and all this stuff. And he's like, and then today we get a good win and, you know, so on and so forth. And so I, someone asked in the, the comments if there was like video evidence and he said like none has been found. And I replied from the podcast account because I chose chaos and I said, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. And I did. So I went back, um, found who they were playing, good old ESPN plus and games on demand. I went to the little Ohio Valley section and I found it and I looked through the box score and um, the play-by-play stats to find where the tech was because there was only one and it was near the end of the third quarter. And so I scrolled with my little finger to the end of the third quarter and I found it. Um, and I, oh I, yep. I DM'd it to JD and I said, Hey, I'm not going to post this, but I just want you to know that it's been found. And he said, I think it's hilarious. Post it. And I was like, great. Sweet. This is, um, I wonder if I can talk over this or not. It's about a minute long. The video quality is very shitty. I apologize. Another three for Shafford is in. 19 point lead for USI. So we see JD upset about something. I've never seen him this mad in my life. Is Western up 19? Are they down? They're down. Okay. So after this replay, we'll get to see JV absolutely going ham. Yeah, he's mad. So right here, you can't really see it, but he goes back and he tries to sit on his stool and he falls. And they give him a technical for falling. So he thinks, uh, he told me that he thinks the ref just heard the commotion and gave him a tech. Um, 
but he literally i mean he he was so mad he's like furious and he goes over and he tries to sit on a stool and he just face plants and they teed him up for it i also did you see his jacket did you see his sparkly jacket that was fire yeah do you know where he got it no idea he got it on timu team what do you know what timu is yeah i get sponsored ads for it all the time yeah we're like texting back and forth he's like guess where i got it i was like where and he was like timu and i was like you did not he's like i swear i'm gonna have to download this timu app i don't recommend it no actually you could show up like to this emily tournament in some like some like good apparel some good attire what are you saying i didn't typically I can't even remember what you wore two years ago. It was the 90s or 80s flashback. So I had like Cobra Kai yeah. t-shirts and Michael oh, Jackson yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I didn't even recognize you when I we were in the um, hospitality room. I like didn't even know who you were. Well, it was hard to find some uh, neutral clothing to wear since I pretty much own all red or white, black, gray combos. <laughs> I know. This is, I maybe can get away with this. This is like Creighton blue. It's not quite SDSU blue. Um, But yeah, I definitely have, when you're there every single day too. Yeah. It's like, I mean, if I wear this on a day that SDSU is not playing, then it's not a big deal or whatever, but. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's have a chitty chat about Saturday's games. Before we don't have we to. Move we can move on. on. We can move on from Saturday's games. We don't have to. <laughs> you don't want to talk about that? Did something uh, happen on Saturday, Jordan? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there. Um, we're going to start with St. Thomas, Kansas City. So St. Thomas went 2-0 on the weekend after a 75-55 win over Kansas City. Uh, for the Ruse, Elena Contreras and Narayas Simmons had 13 points apiece. Um, let's see, Kelby Bannerman, Kelby Bannerman with nine, Imani Bennett with eight, and Alani Bennett with six. Kelby Bannerman did have 11 rebounds, so close to, um, a double-double for her. How many times? 18 turnovers? Not terrible. Could have been better for Kansas City. Um, for St. Mm -hmm. Thomas, Joe Langdon had 22 points. Let me put these in order here. Amber Scalia with 15, Jade Hill with 12, um, Jordan Glenn, eight rebounds, and Angie Hammond with six rebounds for the Toms. They had, let's see, 38 points in the paint, um, seven points off turnovers, score tied twice, lead changed once. So never really felt like Kansas City was going to win, but felt like they were in it kind of, um, kind of most of the time till the end when St. Thomas just started doing their thing um, and running away with it. Kansas City made me eat my words. I think I predicted them to go one and one and maybe even two and oh. But I think I was hung over off of their performance against USD and thinking like they were on the upward trajectory with that, but not good losses going over no, to this time of year. I think – the thing you have to, not you specifically, but the general you, um, has to remember is this is a team with 11 new players. 
not 11 freshmen granted they have some some transfers some grads um but i think that it's really hard to come into the summit league with only three returning players and be uber successful i just really think that the league is that tough and that tough as an unpredictable you know like denver and world roberts which we're going to get to in a hot minute um I just think that you can't, you need more time than what the off season and the non-conference gives you to figure it out with that many new people from that many different yeah. playing styles. So. Yeah. And I think with that many new faces too, I mean, there's still plenty of games where you could be playing your best ball going into the summer league tournament. So it's not a cause for panic um, for Kansas city, but I just felt like they, they should have, they needed to split that. Uh, this last weekend, but we'll get into this upcoming weekend's game shortly and who they play. Yeah. Um, I was just going to see who's coming up for them. So they have NDSU at home, but they have NDSU um, and UND. If they can split yeah. this, if they can't split this, I fear it's over for them. If they can split this, then maybe we'll see. I'm I'm with that. Uh, not to put the cart before the horse, but I'm I'm with you on that, and I'm with uh, North Dakota that if they go zero and two, that's it's time to hit the the panic button. Yeah, um, let's talk about UND NDSU. A little bit of extracurriculars at the end of this one. Did you see? Okay, that? so I was trying to catch up on the chat. Can you fill me in? Fill yeah. the listeners into. So, at the end of the game, um, right after they hit 100, uh, but the way that Brandon explained it, Jory called a timeout. I was, like, watching but not watching. I guess mm-hmm. Jory called a timeout um, with, like, five seconds left. Why? In the words of the group chat, to rub it in a bit or, like, let it – let the fans enjoy it, I think, was were the words that were used – which I mean, hmm. I understand, but also like if Don Plitzwit did that, I would be pissed. You know what I mean? Like, so I get it. I see both sides. I see both sides. But in the handshake line, Mal let Jory have it a little bit. There was uh, some some conversation and some wide, large hand gestures and some sharp head movements what? <laughs> to be had. I yeah I mean I'd be the same way uh, without looking at it my initial reaction is what was there a sub that you needed to get in was there something that you needed to tell the players like what cuz if not then the rivalry I'm all for amplifying it up you know creating some controversy but I don't blame Mallory at all if cuz the coaches aren't dumb they they know what they would do in certain situations and not oh, do in certain situations. So I'm sure they're, it's fine, but yeah, in the moment that that seems a little without seeing it or knowing the situation, it seems a little petty. Well, and I mean, had North Dakota been having a, a season gone differently up to this point, maybe Mallory isn't so fired up. You know, had what happened at the end yeah. of the VU UND game a couple weeks ago not happened, maybe Mallory isn't so fired up. Um, but I don't blame her for being fired up, you know. And it's not like it's not my place to judge. She can do whatever the hell she wants. And so can Jory. Um, but it, well, it was right. quite and, and I think like it's a 
like I said, it comes across as a little petty, but it's a rivalry game. I get it. I get why he would have done it. I get Mallory's frustration. I love it, especially at at the end of the first game of a doubleheader. It gets the people going. Like, this is why we need doubleheaders back and not mirrored schedules. I am all for – it's not even that I hate mirrored schedules so much. It's that I love doubleheaders. Can we talk about the brilliance that was on Saturday, though, between the men's and the women's? It was staggered from noon. I think the women's. Let me let me see if I get it right. Noon one, two, and six Central Time, or right around yeah, that. Sounds right. And then the guys were in the afternoon staggered as well. Like you could literally watch like a half of each game, and it was beautiful. And then having I a wonder, Sunday game on top of it. I was gonna say I I think that um, the Jacks and the Yotes having the CBS game on Sunday. Having that one less game probably helped to be able to stagger them out a little bit more. Um, but yes, that was brilliant. Even, you know, if I can watch the first half of one game and then the first half of the next game while the, like, I'm yep. so happy with that. I'm so happy with that. Um, Midco, I still want four screens. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Um, no, for real. I wonder, like, multi view, I wonder how hard that is to engineer. Or like how expensive that is to engineer. Because if it's not that expensive, do it. Right. You know? The the, the guys that they're not dumb. I, they they hear us and I'm sure they're they're working on it. But you're right. Like how much does it cost? How is it even feasible? Do we have the space to do it? Like it's Yeah. Like if if the logistics of it are are really that complicated, like I'll stop bitching about it. You know what I hope they don't do is raise the price to like $12.99 a month if you want multi-view. Yeah, I would probably pay it though. I probably would. Yeah, I don't. I I suppose I would have to. That's the thing with streaming is like $12.99 is not that bad. I'm broke as hell, but it's not that bad. But like it starts to add up when you think about like we pay for Hulu Live. Um, so that's like our biggest bill, but then we get Disney and we get ESPN. So almost everything that I want to watch, like all my gymnastics, all my volleyball, everything is there except for, um, like big 10 volleyball, which is frustrating because I have a friend that plays for Penn state. So I did get like big 10 volleyball for two months last year, just so I could watch her games that weren't, um, televised or whatever. But other than like the Big Ten, I can pretty much watch anything I want with Disney, ESPN, and Hulu. So I'm happy with that. But I also um, pay for Cowboy Channel because I'm a rodeo girly. (laughs) (laughs) Does that surprise you? No, I just didn't know there was a Cowboy Channel. Oh, yeah. I pay for the um, Cowboy Channel Plus so I can watch like any of the rodeos that they... Is that how so the farmer, farmer wants a wife? Okay, listen. I started <laughs> the first season of Farmer Wants a Wife when it aired last season, and I was just like, eh, not into it. Then I heard that there was a girl from South Dakota on it this year, so I was like, okay, I'll try it again. And I wasn't even paying attention to like when it said where they were from, and I was like, oh my gosh, this girl Reed was great. I love her. I want to be friends with her. I feel like she's genuine. And then it popped up like with her name in her town, and I was like, oh, she's the South Dakota girl. 
Um, so yeah, I am definitely watching that this season only for her. And if and when she, she leaves, I'll probably quit unless I get too invested. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not watching The Bachelor this season. Yeah. Uh, my wife has yet to uh, turn it on. Same thing. Well, I guess she did watch The Bachelorette, but The Golden Bachelor, The Bachelor, she's not interested. I did watch The Golden Bachelor. Um, I want like four of those ladies to be like adopted grandmas. <laughs> and I would love a Golden Bachelorette. I Old Love is like my favorite thing ever. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, not into want, The Bachelor this season. Do you want me to run through the stat line of the NDSU UND game? Yeah, I'm getting there. Um, oh. Because <laughs> we started talking about Mal and Dory, then we got distracted. Okay. <laughs> North Dakota State 101, North Dakota 85. Much higher scoring than I um, anticipated. L. Mm -hmm. Evans with a 30 piece. She went double double, 33 points, 10 boards. Heaven Hamling had 19. Abby Draper, uh, 8.7 rebounds. And Avery Coonan had 9 points for the Bison. Um, the score was only tied one time in the lead, only changed twice. Uh, the Bison had 40 points in the paint. They absolutely hammered UND down there. Um, UND Casey Barovich had 27 points. Kara Pemberton had 20. She kind of seems, I saw this before, she kind of seems like they're, they're missing piece. They're still missing a yep. few pieces. Uh, she has she has brought them a little bit more together than they were prior. Um, and Nakaya Hurst had 14 points. So something that I saw um, that the announcers like validated when they were talking about it, Kaya Hurst gets in a lot of foul trouble. Like she, it's almost like. Um, who are we talking about last year? There was one player that we were like, oh, if we, we you can get her to overcommit. Maybe it was Tirza a couple years ago. It might have been her. Yeah. We were like, if you overcommit down, you'll get her in foul trouble. That is Kai Hurst. She just goes so hard and like she plays good defense, but they catch her reaching. She reaches in and I think she doesn't realize that she does it. And so she's sitting with three or four fouls, like way too early for her to be sitting with three or four fouls. Just something I noticed. High scoring. Yeah, I was surprised. Um, NDSU had 20 second chance points. Jeez. And UND had six. So, seems like rebounding might be a point of emphasis for Mallory and Brian. There, There are few things that frustrate like high IQ basketball fans at your own home game than the visiting team getting a lot more second chance points. Like whether you're watching it on the TV or you're in there, the amount of times you just say, get the damn rebound is it's so frustrating. And listen, when the other team's good, they're lengthier, they're better at getting boards and, and, and whatnot. That's kudos to them, but there's oh man, that that's one of my biggest ones where I'm in whether I'm in Vermilion or watching TV where I'm like, oh my god, get a rebound. Stop with the second chance points. Yeah. Heard. Um, 
I want to make sure I give Denver their due diligence. Denver mm. went 102.92 over Oral Roberts. Near the end, Oral Roberts closed the gap. This I don't know what the biggest lead was, so don't quote me. I want to say like 15, 16 points. It was up there. And ORU closed the gap a couple times at the end um, and made it a 10-point game. Um, but in the first quarter even, ORU was up like, I don't know, 22 to not a lot. And Denver came back um, and they had it at 27-25 in favor of ORU after the first quarter. And then Denver had a 27-point second, 27-point third, and a 23-point um fourth quarter so and ORU went 27 19 18 28 so they really kind of picked it up in the fourth quarter like I mentioned um Talia Jones with a 30 piece she had 32 points Hannah Cooper with a 30 piece she had 31 points and then after that Ruthie Udomo had a double double with 10 points and 11 rebounds as mentioned she's literally averaging a double double it's insane so without even looking at it because I I did oh did you did you see points in the paint yet don't if you haven't I did not. Well, I haven't. Okay. So based on those top three scores, how many points in the paint do you think ORU had in this game? Wait, who were, who were the – okay, I'm changing just to look at the scores, I promise. It was Okay, so, so look at the Hannah. ORU box score and look at the, the leading scores. Yeah, Talia, Hannah, and Ruthie. Yeah. How many points in the paint do you think there were? God, I feel like Denver forced them to take threes. It's not low. I'll tell you that. It's not? Nope. Um, 48. Add like how many? I said 48. Good guess. So it was 58 out of their 92 points were in the paint. Bonkers. Can you imagine if Denver had posted better defense down there? Not that their defense was bad, but like. Yeah. That's crazy. It's pretty close to being this time of the episode where I throw something at the cat to get it down from the TV, just so everyone knows. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, wow. 50, 58 points in the paint, 18 points off turnovers, only four second chance points. Yeah. That might be where Denver won this game. That might be where Denver won this game. Score was tied five times, lead changed um, one time. Also, 28 See, I think that's that's what percent is that? Twenty eight out of fifty eight. Twenty eight out of fifty eight, probably uh, right, like under. fifty, right around fifty. Yeah, I was gonna say a little under. So half, let's say half their points in the paint were fast break points. Jeez. I mean, that's wild. Yeah. Um, for Denver's one hundred two, JoJo Jones, who is the is it still Ticket Smarter that's doing that Player of the Week? Whoever the Player of the Week sponsor is, I don't know. They don't pay us, so I don't care if I get it right or not. Um, the Player of the Week is JoJo Jones. She had 24 points, five rebounds. Um, Angie Robles, 22 points. Mary Wilson. We have to have a little chit-chat about Mary Wilson. I I said this to Dosha earlier this week, too. I was like, there was a hot minute where I thought she graduated. Like, we weren't saying her name anymore. We just, like... She's been getting like six minutes a game. She's been playing quietly. Mary Wilson went bonkers. I think um, all of her 18 points were threes. I think she had six threes. Yep. Six of 11. Her points. Yeah, that's wild. 
Emma Smith, 16.6 boards. Michaela Manette did not get her double-double. Nine points, 16 <laughs> boards. I remember Hope, I was sitting there, and I was like, she needs one more, she needs one more, she needs one more, and she just didn't quite get there. Three six from um, the free throw line. Shoots better. She has it. Yeah. Freaking free yeah. throws. So pretty wild day uh, for Denver, but um, 34 points in the paint for them, 17 points off turnovers, also 28 fast break points, and then nine second chance points. So happy for them. Um, not only 1-0, but 2-0 this weekend. Hopefully this is a turning point for them. I would love to see them um, on the up and up. They have USD coming up at home uh, tomorrow night. They just played USD a couple of weeks ago and that was the game it was a 78 to 70 loss it was eight points um so this could be a good revenge game for them I think it'd be a great game for them to win um yeah. and then they have let's see they have USD and then they have St. Thomas oh they have the weird um one at home one on the road this week yeah. So they have to go to St. Thomas, yeah. Um, that can't be that bad of a trip, though. I can't imagine that's longer than a two-hour flight from no. Denver to the Twin Cities. I think that's a game we need to keep our eyes on. Um, St. Thomas plays ORU tomorrow. Part of me wants to say I don't expect them to win that, but also like St. Thomas is kind of playing with that kind of offense. And this, you know, I, that's not just me saying, oh, um, Amber Scalia had two 30-point games in a row or whatever. Like, St. Thomas has been playing with that kind of offense all season with a few So games if we predict this to be a high-scoring game, is it going to be like 56 to 60? To 62 or something, probably. Because we can – why could we ever be right? Because why would we have predicted Denver to, to win – Freaking uh, my screen for 102 to 92 against the highest scoring team in the league. Why would we have predicted that, right? Yeah. Um, and for a while, I didn't think Ori was going to hit 90. You know, they they really gassed it up those last few minutes. So I don't know. I think, um, let's see. Okay. Tomorrow it's in Tulsa. I'm going to go ORU in a close one. Are you going to skip the interstate game? Oh, you wanted me to. I mean, we don't have to talk about it. I was tempted not even to say something, but. To say anything. Yeah, um, SDSU 70 to 55 over the Yotes. Um, 22 points for Brooklyn Meyer, nine rebounds. Paige with 15 points and Ellie Colbeck also with 15 points. Um, 26 points in the paint, 10 points off turnovers. Score tied one time, lead changed one time. Um, for the Yotes, let's see, I gotta put these in order. Natalie Mazurik came up big with um, 17 points. Grace Larkin. About the only 13. thing I've gotten right on this podcast was two weeks ago calling it that lookout for Natalie. It's about look the only out thing for Natalie. Yeah. Right. No, I agree. She's a baller. Um, Grace Larkin, 13.7 rebounds, and Carly Duffney with 12. I thought Carly played. I don't want to say like better or worse. I ha I guess I haven't paid quite enough attention to her specifically, but she, I don't know what consistent like is for her. I don't know how much she usually scores, but I felt like she came up big in this game. Um, Listen, this was, this was one that um, I don't know what 
happened in the huddle after the first quarter. And we obviously know what happens in the state huddle, but like something changed the second quarter. It was as if they had used up all of like 80% of their energy in that first quarter. And it showed, I mean, they USD came out fighting. I mean, it was, it was 15 to seven. The defense was lights out. They were forcing state to take, uh, you know, g- difficult shots, not tough, I guess. Shots like they wouldn't tough. normally, yeah. Shot they wouldn't normally take, and, and they were missing them, and they shot, you know, pretty poorly in that first quarter, three of 13. Well, then that happened to USD for the second, third, and honestly, really the fourth quarter. I mean, you can't – 17 of 48, I feel like I'm beating the same drum I was when I, they were up in Brookings. You can't shoot 35%. Six of 23 from threes. I can't tell you the amount of times folks around us were going, my God, will one of these go in? And they, they were good looks, though, but they just they weren't falling. And I mean, if it wasn't for Natalie, I mean, she hit three of the six threes. I mean, she's got she's got such a great stroke and like it, it leaves her hand and it's just so pure. But anyways, like it's if those if she doesn't get those looks or if she even just has a mediocre game, this is another blowout in the state you rivalry the last few years. Um, well, and I mean, when we were watching the game um, and, you know, down in the first quarter and like I had said to Joe, I said, familiar, you know, we were down in the first quarter last time too. Like I said, I said almost verbatim, I'm not going to get concerned unless it's mid third quarter and it's like not looking good because they're just, it seems to be this season, whoever we play is either ahead of us or like plays us really, really tough first half. And whatever AJ speaks his voodoo magic in the locker room, and 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 something changes, right? Um, so I was like, I'm not going to be super concerned. And that's not to take anything away from USD. I just I know that that we're a second half team, right? And that second quarter, I mean, I didn't know the stats at the time, but looking at it now, yeah, this makes sense. Nine shots up, that's it. Four of them were three pointers. So they went three of nine, two of four from three. So they went one of five from inside the arc in that second quarter. And it showed too, like state's defense locked down. Um, I don't know. Does it give turnovers per quarter? No, but I'd be curious to know what that was. Um, Yeah. You you know, we talked about Kendall Holmes last game. She did not have a good game at all. And she knows it. that we all know it. It's just one of those games that it sucks that it happens against your rival, but Everyone's going to have a, a crappy game, and she did 0-7 from the field, 0-5 from the three-point line, um, 23 minutes. So just not not her best outing. And, again, it just sucks that it happens against a rival and against, you know, for seeding purposes to try to climb that ladder because no one's catching SDSU for the one seed, but it's to try to climb that ladder to get into that 2-3 spot. But Yeah. Well, and – Here's the thing too. Both teams had 12 turnovers. Um, yeah, so well, USD forced some some good turnovers, and that's where I would be curious to see like what the first half versus second half because State turned it over. I I felt like more in the first half, but I could be wrong. Kind of the second half was kind of the boys kept running across the bleachers, so it was in and out of paying attention. Well, and so SDSU out rebounded the Oats 37 to 25. Here's where it gets very ugly for USD. South Dakota State had 27 defensive rebounds. USD had 
two offensive rebounds. And a, only two. Well, and on that, so this is how many second chance points they had. You cannot play a D1 game and not get any second chance points. Only two times in the entire game, only two possessions did they get an offensive rebound. So every time you put a shot up and it doesn't go in, essentially the ball is going back the other way. That's got to be frustrating to watch that game film back. Like, oh, I'm sure it wasn't pretty. Yeah. No, I would um, not have been in that locker room. Who do they have coming up? They have Denver and just Denver. They've got I think one they just game. have Denver, yeah. So, which almost puts more pressure on it because you don't want to lose this one and then, you know, not have a win in the past two and a half weeks or whatever it be. Listen, looking um, at the, the the standings here quick, Madison, like USD. So there's this, the bottom four, excuse me, bottom four, UND, Denver, Kansas City, Omaha, that I feel like they'll, they'll maintain themselves in that block. USD is kind of stuck in between UND at the three and six. And then St. Thomas or you and NDSU six and two, excuse NDSU six and two, or you six and three, St. Thomas six and three. You're right. This is a massive game for USD against Denver to either (laughs) solidify and, and like separate themselves as that only team sandwiched in between the top and bottom or continue to maintain or to continue to elevate into that two or two, three spot. Like this, it's big because you don't want, I mean, you got to look at it from the seating point, right? USD probably not wanting to face SDSU in the semis, rather play them in the championship with a shot to win it. Hard to beat a team three times, but you don't want that four or five spot because that, I mean, right now they're playing St. Thomas and that's not a guaranteed win. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and if Denver wins this game, I mean, they've got St. Thomas, UND, NDSU over their next three. I'm not saying they will, but they could get two wins out of that. I think they get at least one. Um, So, you know, they're looking to move up. They're tired of – they're happy to be in Sioux Falls, you know, now that everyone's going to get there. Because it was, I think, them and Omaha were the two that kind of were always – lagging behind you know and not not quite somehow jd always got his team there when it was only when it was nine the first time um so i'm sure they're happy to be in sioux falls but i'm also sure that like they would like to not just be in sioux falls but be in sioux falls in you know a seven a six or a seven rather than an eight or a nine and honestly after thursday or well thursday and saturday i'm not convinced that that eight nine is going to be denver kansas city anymore yeah. But I also, Omaha has given me great reason to believe that they won't find themselves there either. So I don't I think, know. well, we'll, this will be the first weekend where we could maybe have some separation where it's like, Start to see. yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So tomorrow, what do we got? Um, St. Thomas at ORU at seven. Uh, USD at Denver at seven. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. They're all at seven. NDSU at Kansas City at seven. North Dakota at Omaha um, also 
at seven and all on some league network as well. St. Thomas Oral Roberts. I really have no clue. I'm probably going to lean Oral Roberts just because they're at home. And I'm sure that their practices have been intense after the Denver loss. Nobody um, was happy about that. But also, like, I think St. Thomas is going to push them. You know, I'm mm -hmm. sure that Ruth has them prepared to play at a high pace. They've been doing that. Not ORU pace, but um, was the, the buzzer beater, the first buzzer beater was over ORU, wasn't it, for St. Thomas? They they beat ORU on a buzzer beater, and then two days later, USC yes. beat them on a buzzer beater? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. ORU is going to be hungry for revenge, but I also think St. Thomas knows they can beat them. And ORU is going to be fresh too. They've played one game since, well, since the 28th. They played a game on Sunday the 28th. They've only played one game since then. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if I want to lean ORU. I'm going to leave that one up in the air. Do you have an opinion? Nope. Sure don't. Cause I'm in the same boat. Sure I'm don't. Like, I I'm going to ride that St. Thomas uh, win streak, I guess. If if I were to lean away, I'd ride the St. Thomas win streak, um, but they're on the road down in Tulsa. So, um, You're not going to like it, but I'm going to go DU over USD. Oh, my goodness gracious. I think the momentum's in Denver's favor. You're not wrong. And they're at home this time. And they know that they can beat USD because they came so close prior. So there's some news. I don't know when it'll come out or whatnot, but just pay attention to the Denver-USD game, like on the USD side of things. We won't talk about it here, but just for those that, yeah, just pay attention to USD side of things. I think that they'll – I, uh, yeah, I think they'll pick up the win. I'll just leave it at that. All right. Um, <laughs> you can't shake your head at that. I can shake. This is my show. I can shake my head at whatever I want to shake my head at. There. Um, kidding. This is our show. We started this together. I'm glad you're back. Please don't leave. Um, okay. North Dakota State at Kansas City. At very obviously North Dakota State. I would love to see Kansas City get the win. Not going to happen this time. Um, I would presume that you agree. Yep, NDSU. Yeah. Okay. UND Omaha. Big game. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think there's. I want to lean UND you... just because of like top, to, like roster wise, but Frick, that... I felt like that last week when we. They get 0-2. Yeah. This is I, it. Where's I this? Would is lean this after? I'm gonna lean Omaha. Because they're at home. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I mean and because they the St. Thomas game was on the road, right? Yeah. They they performed yes. so well in St. Paul. Yeah. I'm gonna lean Omaha. Um Saturday take these with an extra grain of salt. Take everything we say with a grain of salt, but take these with an extra grain of salt because our opinions on this could change based on what happens tomorrow. Yep. Um, Denver St. Thomas, 
this is the one where I say it is in God's hands. I have, I have no idea. I feel like I know St. Thomas well enough to say like, yeah, they're just going to push really hard and they're going to win. But Denver's offense the other day against the highest octane offense in the league. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I am looking up really quick. The last time Denver won a road game. And I am still scrolling up through December. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I am going to go St. Thomas on this one. That's fair. Um, North Dakota state Omaha. I think that you either play to the level of who's playing you or you get crushed. And I think that for the first half, Omaha is going to play to the level of who's playing them. I think NDSU is going to go into the locker room a little scared. And then I think the third quarter will be a little bit of a pull away. And in the fourth quarter, it'll be locked. So I'm going to go NDSU, but I don't think it's going to be like a blowout from the tip. Yeah. I think NDSU moves to eight and two with this one, which is a job well done to Jory and his staff, all things considered in the league and, and, and whatnot. So. Absolutely. Um, the, and I mean, to shout out just, I mean, everyone in the league always, everyone always has some level of adversity, but Jory with 10 players, AJ with, I don't know if we have 10 or 11 right now. Um, mm-hmm. We might be back down. Whatever it was, we're down one again because of Maddie getting hurt. Um, even, you know, Kansas City battling through these games with 11 new girls on the team. You know, and this you have to remember this is Deanna's second year too. And last year, yep. by the end of the season, she had seven girls on the team. Seven and when I was at that Kansas City USD. I love the way she coaches, the passion, like how she's engaged with her staff and the players. Like she's a great coach. I love watching her just like walk the the sideline. Yeah. Just the I don't know, the way that she like you can just tell how engaged she is. Um I and I mean most coaches are, but yeah, I definitely would agree with that hundred percent. For most of the bad calls, I love the Instead of, I mean, there's times when obviously she'd be like, you know, no or whatever, but it's just like the look of like, come on. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I love that because sometimes you just you don't even need to waste your energy on yelling at an official. It's just like the, are you serious? There's that. a bit of staff there. So you can see that look <laughs> in her eye, and there's just the little corner of a smile where she's like, mm, I, I see how it is today. Um. I typically, I mean, I like when coaches show emotion. I do. I get yeah. a little like nervous or scared when it's a lot. Like, for example, in that video, the reason I told JD, I was like, I'm not going to show this. Cause like, I don't know if you want yourself seen that way. I've never seen him that furious. And he's like, not nah, hilarious. I was like, okay, cool. Um, but when I was, <laughs> when I was at Clemson, um, Amanda Butler, we were playing Notre Dame last year. Notre Dame was ranked, whatever they were ranked. It was a big game. Um, and we were with them like five to seven to nine point difference, the majority of the game. And we kept getting it down, kept getting it down and just couldn't quite like five points. And then we couldn't, could not close that gap Mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, But it was like a five or six point game. And there was this call just blatantly horrible. Couldn't tell you what it was, but it was bad. 
we were all screaming. Um, and Amanda literally, it's so quiet in here because nobody goes to women's games. Amanda literally looks at this ref and she like walks the sideline towards the bench and just screams. She's like, this is a big game. You can't make stupid calls like that or something like that. And I was like, oh my God, let's take it down. Like, I don't want you to get a tee. Like, I mean, there's literally 200 people at this game and she's like screaming at this ref. And I was like, oh my God, can't handle it. Can't handle it. Um, okay, UND Kansas City. Like I told I you, want... UND's got two big games that could drop them or separate themselves. Or elevate them, yeah. Back. I just don't quite have enough faith in them. I just haven't seen the, like, I haven't seen the consistency from them. Um, Kansas City, I feel like, has a little bit more fight in them right now. They're a little more put together. So I think this would be a good opportunity for them to get a win if they can. Um, SDSU Oral Roberts, listen, I know that SDSU ran away in the second half last time. However, down Maddie Blastman, this might be ORU's chance to take one. I was, yeah, I was going to go with SDSU and then I forgot that Maddie's out. And just how they played with them last time, I'm I'm leaning ORU, but every time I want to lean towards a team that I'm like, oh, that matches up well versus SDSU, they come out and it's like it doesn't even matter that they could have the freaking water girls playing with them and AJ would coach them up to a, a level of that they could compete at the D1 level. Yeah. So I'll, well, I'll lean I ORU right now, but I think – because the states um, – sorry – back uh they this play only game. they don't play tomorrow okay that's right okay i'll lean ORU just for the fact that it's on the road you're down maddie and or you like that offense that's gonna be it's always tough to keep up with so yeah yeah um i mean definitely in not my a heart... panic button for sdsu though like if you lose that one it's no. like okay we learn from it move on god the fans will panic though well <laughs> <laughs> in my heart, I think they're going to be fine. Um, but it definitely is a chance for ORU to, to um, sneak in there. So, Well, listen, NDSU is going to smell blood. If they go 8-2 and two, and then if they go to 8-2 and two and SDSU is at 9-1, and one, what – is there a second – when's the second NDSU-SDSU game? Have they played twice already? Um, oh God, it's the last day of the last one. I was gonna say it's season. gotta be the week before. It's gotta be the week and it's before, in Brookings yeah. too. It's all scripted. You so, guys got that home game at the end for seed. I mean it's all scripted. Just like the NFL. Totes. I'm just kidding. That was a lame yeah. joke. Okay. No, you're fine. I actually didn't hear half of it because I was trying to think of um the next stuff we gotta do. So it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, you can see if I, Jordan, I want to take you off the screen for just a hot second. Oh, just kidding. No, I'm not. I was trying to show this background. Maybe if I take both of us. It's always going to be true. Um, our women work hard. Our athletes, our coaches, the Summit League is one of the leagues with more women, women's basketball coaches than men. 
Um, I don't know how many leagues there are like that. And there's nothing wrong with men, but women belong in sports. So I love to see women and women of color um, in coaching positions, whether it be assistant, head coaches, all that jazz. So don't forget that today is National Girls and Women in Sports Day. Um, we have a very special guest in our interview coming up in a hot minute for that. Um, I don't have anything else before we cut to this interview, Jordan. Watch Summit League basketball and go to the Summit League tournament. That's all I got. Any parting thoughts? Support the student athletes. Got a great league. All right. to Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. A very special episode for you today as it is National Girls and Women in Sports Day 2024. And who better to have on the show than our very own Summit League Deputy Commissioner, Mindy K. Larson. Mindy K., welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, a, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. I love it. Um, I just kind of want to talk about like how you got into basketball and how you got to the Summit League and all of the good things um, that are happening. So where did your basketball journey start? Um, my basketball journey started in Twin Falls, Idaho. That's where I grew up. And um, I was just, I was tall my whole life. And so in fourth grade, when they introduced the sport of basketball, it was finally a place where being tall was super cool. So I gravitated to it and, and luckily had a little bit of hand-eye coordination and then just was able to kind of, kind of make that my life for a while. And did you like know that you wanted to play college basketball or did that kind of just fall into your lap? Um, it somewhat fell into my lap. Um, I was very naive. I don't mean to like date myself, but like it's pre-social media, <laughs> pre-cell phones when I was going to school. And so I was pretty naive to the recruiting process. I knew that I wanted to go to college and I knew that um, colleges offered basketball scholarships. And fortunately, I played and performed well enough to attract some attention. Um, but I do think that I probably would have done things differently had I known the recruiting process like I do today. And in a way, just from an anxiety standpoint, it's probably good that I didn't. It's probably good. Ignorant can, ignorance can be bliss. Yes, absolutely. And it certainly worked out for you. I think when you ended um, your career, you were the program leader in rebounding block shots, maybe field goal percentage too. Um, and the only Southern University Utah women's basketball player to ever have your jersey retired. So that's a pretty, um, pretty awesome accomplishment. I heard that you broke your jersey out of the frame recently. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but Ryan Powell told me, I commented on your, your rebounding for Commissioner Fenton and Ryan Powell said that you might have uh, smashed that frame and gone down to the local rec center. Um, I didn't smash the frame. Um, I have a spare jersey just for those moments like that so that I don't have to break anything. But um, that was fun. It was a little, it was fun to, 
uh, even though it was a Nerf ball and a mini net, it was it was fun to be a player again for a second. Oh, absolutely. And Fenton needed all the help he could get. So I'm glad that you were there to uh, advise him in that situation. Um, how did you end up at the Summit League? Did you know you wanted to work in sports or was that kind of something that you discovered along the way? Uh, well, after college, I played overseas for one season. And when I came back from France, um, my basketball coach from college needed an assistant. So he was kind enough to kind of let me come down and assist while I figured out what I want to do. And at that point in time, I thought I would go back to school, get my master's. And I wasn't really looking at working in sports, but it's really addictive. And once I got on the coaching end and kind of realized that there's a way to continue to make an impact on like future generations coming through sport, that really kind of became a passion. And then when I was at Southern Utah University uh, coaching, Tom Dupel was hired as our athletic director. And he came to me and said he thought I had uh, the makings of an administrator. And we had our senior women's administrator retiring. And so he convinced me to leave coaching, which was difficult because that direct contact with the student athletes is, is really important. And you really feel like you're making a difference. But from the administrative level, it's way more behind the scenes, but the impact is greater because instead of just a basketball team, it's a basketball team, a golf team, a tennis team, a football team. You know, you have the whole range of student athletes that you're able to try to advocate for. And then um, when Tom became the commissioner of the Summit League, he, he was gone from Southern Utah about a year and a half and had an opening and called me once again and, and asked me to come over, which... Uh, really was a great move for me because I learned that championships are my niche, like, like event planning and putting on those events and making sure that we try to give student athletes that championship experience, because for a lot of them at this level, it's the only tournament or championship they'll see. That kind of took that old coaching passion and gave me a new uh, energy to channel it into something. Absolutely. Um, how did you feel about South Dakota? When you first, well, I suppose when you joined the Summit League, it was still in Illinois, correct? Or somewhere. Yeah, so I spent a decade in Chicago. Yeah, which is an which is an amazing, amazing city. Sioux Falls was a change of pace. I think it's I think it's helped me that I grew up in um, Idaho and went to school in in small town Utah. So it wasn't as much of a culture shock as probably if I had been a Chicago native. But it's definitely gone from you know over a decade of just that. That frenetic pace and traffic to to slowing it down and um you know finding my good pizza place and all kind of stuff here in Sioux Falls. What is the good pizza place in Sioux Falls? Do you have a preference? <laughs> they don't what the I like to find the locals and there's a lot there's a lot of little um mom and pops and locals that that are that are good and um Tomaselli's has been good. There's a new one called the Pizza Shop. Um so, I mean, it's just just kind of a little bit of of trying to find the, the local flavor. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed when I moved um, here to Akron, Ohio. I live downtown and there is probably 12 pizza shops within like three blocks of me. Well, I mean, they're just town, everywhere. So for sure. For yeah, sure. absolutely. Yeah. And Akron's about the size of Sioux Falls, too. So but it's nice because they're they're open late in South Carolina. Carolina, everything closed at like nine. And now if I want pizza at 2 a.m., I can find it. So that's fantastic. Get it. Yeah, that 2 a.m. pizza can be crucial. Uh, it hits so hard. It's just, <laughs> it's always perfect. Um, you talk a little bit about what the Summit League is doing to advance 
you know, women's sports. Yeah, so we recently signed a partnership officially with with We Coach, which is an organization that helps promote women in coaching specifically, and helps you know carve out different opportunities, provides education, provides networking opportunities. So we're definitely trying to you know create some avenues for our coaches to expand beyond the Summit League, and create avenues for our females female assistant coaches to move up to the next level, get those head coaching jobs if that's what they would like to do. Um, one of the things that we really stress when we're championship planning is our gender equity. Uh, we make sure that every experience the men are getting, the women are getting, and vice versa, gifts and everything are, are exactly equal. Um, I'm the basketball contact for both men and women, so that's good because I make sure everything happen at the same level. But I think it's just really paying attention to some of those organizations that are out there like We Coach. We've also partnered with um, Officially Human to kind of address the officiating problem that we're having, the shortage that we're running into. And that's another avenue for female student athletes, uh, coaches, even, even young staff that maybe decide they want to do something different different, but still stay involved in sports. So we're just trying to just really be cognizant of those opportunities after sport. The other thing that we're trying to focus on is mental health. We're working on a partnership, uh, hopefully Sanford in the future that can address mental health. And that'll help both female and male student athletes. But uh, trying to listen to our female student athletes issues and advocate for them and just make sure that they feel they're getting um, an equal experience to their counterparts. Absolutely, that's fantastic to hear. Um, my last question for you is, I just wanna know if you, you know, if someone asked you, said they had a little girl who wanted to get into sports or work in sports, what is your advice to that future generation? Uh, I think one of the things that I think you should do is uh, one, be involved. Um, don't don't special if you're playing sports don't specialize too early play as many sports as you want use all those different muscles find your niche but really the thing to do as you're getting older and getting into high school and getting into college and having some like volunteer opportunities and internship opportunities is really try to be extroverted um, volunteer for all different areas, even if it's outside the scope of your responsibilities, because the more diversity that you put on your resume, the more marketable you are. Even if you've only done a little bit of this and a little bit of that, like getting into the getting into the field, it will it will help you. I really do think that um, one of the things that's happening with all you know our younger generation with the texting and the cell phone is that you still have to learn how to talk to people and socialize, especially in sports, because we're a people business. So drop that phone and, and talk to people and and be extroverted. And that will really help you go far in athletics. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mindy Kay, thank you uh, so much for being here. Listeners, go to the Summit League Tournament, support our sure. Summit League offices and the hardworking people. Say thank you to them because they work very long hours. Um, and I appreciate you being here. And hopefully I'll see you uh, in about a month. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Madison. Absolutely.